Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. In this episode, we resume the study in Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 48, learning how God commands us to use the words we say in the plans we make, and how God wants us to effectively love our enemies through our sinful desires to retaliate. Let's stay on course with what we have been talking about and also turn the corner and begin to see how this works in some other areas of our life. Jesus has mentioned already that anger starts in the heart, lust starts in the heart, relationship breaking, uh, casually breaking relationship starts in the heart. He's already told us in the first part of this that, you know, the person who sees their need for God, that person who is, who is poor in spirit sees their need for God. They have the kingdom. That person that holds on to God, no matter what, even if they're being persecuted for holding on to God, they have the kingdom. That person is salt. That person is light. Don't let something don't let circumstances rush through your salt and ruin its saltiness, okay? Don't let that happen. Be that person who doesn't cover your light, light. that person who doesn't allow your salt to lose its saltiness. Be that person that understands that Jesus is, is coming to fulfill the law. He is the holy embodiment. He is the character of God. He, in other words, the embodiment. He shows us how a human keeps God's law. And he's beginning to show us that it's not simply about what we do outwardly. It's about who we are inwardly. And so anger, anger is, is something we've got to begin to get right because murder doesn't just happen on the hands. It happens in the heart. You know, adultery is something we've got to get a better understanding of because it doesn't just happen outwardly. It it happens inwardly. Casually misusing or misunderstanding or breaking relationships doesn't just happen outwardly. It happens inwardly. And I'm telling you all, the reason this becomes really important in our time is because when we're under duress, when we're challenged, when we're fretful, when we're fearful, when we feel like something is lacking, what could be pure rooted desires have the opportunity to be met with bad outward opportunity and what could be a good desire meeting with bad outward opportunity, according to the Apostle James, really brilliant stuff, that comes together, right? And it becomes sin and it produces something that is death. So Jesus has us looking at all this stuff and we want to press a little further in now. We want to press a little further in. Let's press into the use of our words and the plans of our mind. Matthew chapter five, verse 33. Jesus says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely. But you shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Wow, strong language. So here Jesus says, well, now, wait a minute. Don't even go around tossing words around casually. 
I mean, we, we, we've heard it. We've heard it all kinds of ways. Don't, don't ever think that something is a simple matter of outward working. It's also a matter of inward being. Understand that murder isn't just about what you do with your hands. It's what's in your heart. Understand adultery is not just something you do outward. Outwardly is something you do inwardly. Understand that breaking casually, breaking off relationships is not something that simply happens in a lawyer's heart office. It's something that happens in a sinner's heart. He said, also, also, allowing my paraphrase, putting in the context of being under this pressure from the pandemic to behave and experience, behave like we've never behaved, experience things like we never experienced. We see Jesus here say, you know, you really better be careful what you say with your words. Again, I'll partner this with something said in the book of James. James says, look, this is my paraphrase. He says, look now, don't, don't, don't go around here saying, I'm going to do this tomorrow and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to go over to this city. I'm going to conduct that business. He says, more appropriately say, Lord willing, tomorrow I'll do such and such. Lord willing, tomorrow I'll go over to this city. Lord willing, I'll conduct this business. And he goes on to say, you know, be careful with your oath making. As a matter of fact, just don't be about the business of oath making. But if you get to the heart of this, he's saying, be a person who's careful with your words and be a person who can be sincerely trusted. You know, kids know that about us. Kids do. And um, I'm a dad, two daughters. I have fallen victim for this, I, especially when they were little. You know, they would say, you know, hey, daddy, play with me. And I say, I will when I finish doing X, Y, or Z. And they say, do you promise? Why would they have to ask me that? Because I have casually not kept my promise. So now they want to pointedly make me commit to a promise. Now, that's sad. That's sad. And it's but it's real. Why? Because even little kids know that we don't hold to our own word and they have to find special terminology to make us hold to our own word. What's this got to do with being in the middle of a pandemic, COVID-19 worldwide crisis is I think we can become people who casually toss around way too many words in times of crisis. You know, you, you can you can go on social media now. And I don't care what, what part of the social, I mean, excuse me, the political spectrum you fall on. There are people saying way, way too much. Whew. There are people saying way too much. There are people speaking way, way too much. So this caution here is really critical for us to hear. We need to be people who are gaining much understanding, seeking the Lord a whole lot and speaking just a little bit. And we're really susceptible in our frustrations to to say things that we don't mean, say things we can't back up. I've always loved uh, Psalm 24.1. I quote it a lot. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and everyone who dwells upon it. Everything belongs to the Lord. So he would say here, don't make an oath by the throne of heaven. It's like, okay, because you don't run that and you can't make that guarantee. You're not God. You're not holy. You don't run heaven. You don't tell God what to do. Don't make any promises somewhere where you can't guarantee that promise will be kept. He says, also don't make it by the earth because you don't own the earth. 
That's God's. He says, also don't make it by the holy city. Don't point to the temple and say, I even hate using this as an example, but I'm going to do it. Don't even look to the holy city and say, I swear by all that is holy. Don't do it. If you understood holiness, you wouldn't do that. And he says, don't even swear by your own head. Why? Because you're not promised tomorrow. Remember the, the, uh, the, the, the farmer who says, uh, you know, I, I've done this and I've done that and I'm going to build bigger barns and I'm going to do this and I'm going to sit back and take it easy. And he says, fool, this night your soul is required of you. He's like, don't even swear by your own head. Not, you know, I'm paraphrasing verse, part of verse 36. He says, because, you know, he says, you don't even get to decide when your hair turns gray. When your hair stays black, when your hair is in place, and when your hair falls back. <laughs> he said, you know, he says, learn to be a person of, 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 of genuineness. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be that person that conducts yourself in such a way that if you say something, Lord willing, to the best that you can, keep your word. Well, there's just too many words flying around right now. Somebody ought to say amen. There's too many words flying around. And we've got to be those sort of people who seek understanding from God. We seek wisdom from God. And then after we've had a long talk with God and run everything through the filter of his word, then we turn around and start talking to folks. So I think, I think Sermon on the Mount comes at a really critical time. Right. Are we hungry for God? Are we, do we see the poverty of our spirit and is that causing us to go to God? Are we holding on to God? Are we getting to the heart of the matter in everything? And are we then assessing how we emotionally respond to stuff? Are we assessing how we, how we respond to people in situations? And are we assessing who we are and how we respond within long before we start letting things out of our mind through our mouth and letting things out of our heart through our hands? This is a really critical issue for us to look at. So Jesus is basically saying, you know, don't, don't be casual with anything. And uh, if you'll allow me a very blunt paraphrase, watch your mouth. <laughs> now, you might say, how can a God who swears by himself tell us not to swear by anything? Okay, two big things. God swears by himself on holy issues because he's saying he's going to do it and we can trust him. We can't do it. He will do it. He will take the, the, the burden and the penalty for doing it, and he can do it. We're not able, so don't do it. Then the, the other side, well, I'd say maybe it's even three things. There's nothing higher for God to, to make his promises by, which is the other part, really. The 2A or 3, take your pick. The other part is God makes promises, and he tells us to rest on promises that he can, that he can keep, he can sustain. So he tells us not to take oaths because we don't own anything. We aren't anybody. He, but he does take oaths because he owns everything, and he is somebody, and he can perform it. And then he moves on to this this other thing here that I think all of us can relate to in a very um, a very down on the sidewalk kind of way. And if you can't just just go drive on the interstate or drive down uh, Main Street of, of 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 town one time and and you'll begin to think about payback. 
<laughs> You'll begin to think about retaliation. Matthew chapter five, verse 38, he says, you have heard it said, uh, an eye for an eye and a two for two. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Wow. It almost seems like Jesus says, let us always be being taken advantage of. Well, if we get to the harder of the matter, that is not what he's saying. What he is saying is don't be the person who feels like you got to pay back every little offense. You have to put that. You have to put that in the context of everything said in scripture, just like you do with everything. Jesus is, is addressing a radically wrong culture. And he's saying to this radically wrong culture, you guys got to switch up how you even look at things. Right now, you just, you know, we're constantly thinking if somebody does something, you know, I got to get them back, you know, and, and I'm justified. They, they done something to me and I've done something to them. I got to get them back. And he's addressing that. Secondly, he's addressing this thing that, uh, that we, we think if, if we've done enough to be okay, we're okay. Like I was witnessing to a guy recently and he pulled that whole thing on me where he says, I've done more bad than I have. I mean, I've done more good than I have bad. I'm okay. If you put my good against my bad, I'm okay. And I'm sitting there saying, look, man, your righteousness is as filthy rags. There's none who does right in the sight of God. He says, well, I, you know, I'm, I am. I've done right. And so there's this dual attitude where we can see we have, all of us, I believe, have this to some degree, where we say, um, I'm just doing to them what they do to me. I'm just, I'm just trying to break even or it's that attitude where we say, you know, you know, it's okay. I just don't want to go too far. I want to go X far, but not Y far. Definitely want to go Z far. But as long as I'm not going Y or Z, X is okay. And Jesus challenges that attitude. Why can that be critical for us right now? Because we let our guard down and we start playing the game the way the world plays the game. And no believer has the permission to play the world the way the game, the way the world plays the game. We have a whole different standard. We have a whole different set of rules than, than broken flesh, than evil flesh. So Jesus, I think at the core of this is saying, yo, direct quote, Jesus said, yo. Hear the heart of the thing. Jesus said, listen, as a, as a salt being, as a creature of light, we don't do like that. We're not fighting we're not fighting somebody for a coat when our father owns everything. You used to have this lady that would watch me sometimes, babysit me sometimes, and she had a really dynamic and 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 and, and loud faith. It, I, I liked it. I was a little kid, real little kid. She had a friend, and and they would just get to talking back and forth, and I don't even understand how they understood who was saying what because they just interrupt each other. It was really cool, but they, you know, they they would. They would say all the time, this little thing, they go back and forth. One of them would say, girl, my daddy owns a, owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And I would say, well, girl, my daddy owns the hills too, you know, and that really settled in my heart, right? I don't have to fight for this coat or this cloak or this tunic. And that's the idea. When you, when you are in the grip 
of the God who owns everything. You don't have to fight and snatch and grab for every little thing. You don't have to defend yourself on every little point. You don't have to play by the world's broken rules. We are salt. We are light. God is getting in our heart and he's asking us to trust him do things his way and under the duress and pressure and difficulty of this time we are really susceptible to switch it up and start playing by the world's games walk into the grocery store and people are snatching and grabbing teepee and Suddenly we feel offended and, and you know, we, we've got to rant about it on social media, steam about it all the way home and everywhere where we can snatch and grab, we're going to snatch and grab because we've got to watch out for number one. God is trying to say to our heart, yo, don't do that. Don't play the retaliation game. Don't fall for it. Don't be that kind of person. Don't do that kind of thing. Be that kind of person that trusts me. Then lastly, lastly, let's look at, let's finish out chapter five. Let's just do it. Matthew five, beginning of verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say that you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Uh, joking paraphrase, pray for the person hoarding TP. That's not persecution. Pray. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Now, I want to bring out a last thing first so that I make sure I talk about it without running out of time. When Jesus calls us to this standard of perfect, we suddenly see we're not perfect. And that sends us back to that spirit of mourning. Oh, my goodness. That sends us back to that spirit of poverty. I need God. Somebody say amen. I need God. So when we see that there's a brokenness in us and it manifests in, in adultery, uh, you know, lust in our heart and murder, anger in our heart, uh, breaking relationships, casual view toward that stuff in our heart, uh, casual use of words, uh, casual ideas about payback and retaliation. When we see that, we see that we're really broken people and we really need God. And I think that should, that should be one of those things that drives us in these days. This brings us to the end of our time in Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 48. But don't worry, there are more teachings on the Sermon on the Mount coming to you next week. We hope you'll join us there. Light Steps Live is a listener-supported podcast. Would you be interested in sponsoring Light Steps Live? Go to our website, lightsteps.live, to contact us or make your donation. While you're visiting our website, check out the Light Steps blog for a short daily devotional. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com.
Bose is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Thank you.